everybody to another episode of Unplugged Church Edition. Listen, this is the season of the woman and we got some special guests that's in the house today. This is Evangelist Freddie Jones and I have my favorite co-host here with me. Elder Stacy Whitehead. And we are here to <laughs> celebrate you, you and you. Listen, I know you're wondering, why do you have this man? sitting here when we're talking about season of the woman and we want to make sure that we have a special guest because this man is going to bring some truth okay y'all seen him before you've been here before he's not a stranger this is pastor marvin mckinstry jr all the way from baltimore let him know who you are represent introduce yourself pastor um pastor marvin mckinstry jr Pastor of Victory House Worship Center and um, just someone that loves God and loves these two ladies. Um, so, yeah, I took that drive to come up and hang out with my sisters. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. I know no problem. he's no, a busy man, he's a pastor, a dad, granddad. I mean, he does it all. But we definitely appreciate your time because that is definitely sacred, right? So we would like to continue this talk. We're talking about season of the woman and... We want to hear somebody who doesn't mind telling the truth, telling it like it is, Being keeping it 100 with this man who's going to be able to share the impact that women have had in his life. Because women, we know we make a difference. And sometimes we're in a world, we're on a career, we're in a path where you feel like I'm being overlooked. I'm not listening. Nobody's listening. You know, and we don't want to be considered that aggressive woman. However, you do make a difference. So, Pastor McKinstry, you have recently, um, well, you have a lot of stuff you can say about women. So, let's start from young. <laughs> let's, let's, let's take it back because I know he got some stuff to say. So, tell us about your uh, childhood. So, when I, you know, when I consider women, of course, I think about my mom who, mm -hmm. um, as early as me being 10 months old, was separated from my abusive father mm -hmm. um, and who really stepped up and became everything mm -hmm. from the breadwinner yes. um, to the person that was our sole support mm -hmm. in the family. Um, and although I was blessed to have my grandfather in my life, so I don't tell people I didn't have a man in my mm -hmm. life, mm -hmm. um, my dad wasn't there due to his addiction uh, and his personal issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but my mom and my grandmother were my go-to team. Mm -hmm. Um, my grandmother is the person that made sure that the foundation was set mm -hmm. so that I would be Pastor Marvin one day. Cause I have a very unconventional path that mm -hmm. got me to this place. Um, it's not one where I was a second, third generation preacher, pastor, right. none of that. My grandmother, uh, made sure those seeds were sown mm -hmm. so that when I got older, mm -hmm. went to prison and, uh, got in all kinds mm -hmm. of trouble when I came home. Um, and she even ministered to me while I was there, sending me handwritten prayers, wow. letters, just things that remind me of who I am. Mm -hmm. And when I came home, um, it was her that took me back to church mm -hmm. um, and began the path to what you see now. Um, but I even think about the school system that I was in. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember having one man uh, principal mm -hmm. and just about every teacher that I had was a mm -hmm. black woman. Mm -hmm. um, and how the nurturing aspect of uh, who they were as people mm -hmm. infiltrated that environment where I was that trouble kid. I was that kid that for whatever reason, um, for a multiplicity of reasons, right, was right. not the easiest to get along. I was ashamed of being a smart kid. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to be with the rough crowd and all of that. Yes. And there were times <laughs> when I could have been thrown out of school. Right. Wow. But because of some nurturing black woman who was either a teacher or administrator, mm -hmm. 
um, they always saw something in me uh, that I didn't even know to recognize or to realize. Even in the earliest aspects of my career, um, one of the first, the, the way that I broke into um, the human services field, which I am recognized in Baltimore, um, in the region as one of the, the leading people in my field around workforce development. It was a woman named Brenda Sierra who saw my potential when I didn't even have high school diploma. Um, after coming home for prison, going into their program mm -hmm. seeking help, called me and said, hey, I got a job for you. Okay. If you'll trust me, I'll mm -hmm. teach you everything you need to know. Mm -hmm. And here, 25 years later, um, I sit at the highest levels of my career field. Mm -hmm. So women That's have awesome. always been my champion. They've always been that person who would courageously step mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. and see to it that... Um, opportunity was presented to me and I definitely can't leave out my forerunner mm -hmm. who um, was a person that pastored the church yeah. for 23 years yeah. before I became the pastor um, and when she got a hold of me I was a wreck Wow! Um, and she the one good thing well not the only good thing mm -hmm. but one of the greatest right. things is she loved me she loved me enough to hold me accountable I ain't talking about that that yes person love mm -hmm. That loves you mm -hmm. and didn't know she loved me enough to hold me accountable. Boy, you didn't ain't right. Care, <laughs> didn't care about my multiple gifts and talents. Right. Mm -hmm. She cared more about my soul. That's so good. Um, mm -hmm. And was willing to chop away at the tree mm -hmm. um, until she could get down to the roots and see to it mm -hmm. that I begin a journey to become all that God has for me to be. So women have always been those people that have stepped in and stepped up. And I, I do want to say this because, you know, I have children that have different mothers. Mm -hmm. And even in the spaces where my folly created children mm -hmm. that weren't in the space of relationships, mm -hmm. um, I thank God for the women that raised my children and my accents so uh, in the household. Um, I have, was a single parent for the majority of my children. I raised them in my house. Mm -hmm. But even in that co-parenting space, I was blessed and yes. have been blessed yes. with... Um, some phenomenal women who didn't allow what was um, the failing of our own relationship to be um, a, a, a cause for our children to not have healthy parents. And fatherhood has been amazing to me. And I'm excited because God has blessed me now with the woman who I believe I'm going to move forward through life with. Amen. All right. You hear that, ladies? Awesome. He's taken. Okay. <laughs> That's he's off it. the market. Yes, I know he, he was, was here before the last time, but he's <laughs> off now, ladies. Sorry. Oh, but that's good. That's, that's good. That is good. That's wonderful. But I like the way you said that, you know, women laid the foundation because mm -hmm. we had another male guest um, and we wanted to hear a male's mm -hmm. perspective mm -hmm. of you know, women that have impacted, influenced, and inspired you to be the person that you are, the man that you are. Um, and we wanted you to talk about some of those women as well, as well as yourself. And now you're a soon-to-be fiancé, I should say. You're soon-to-be wife, I should say. Even how she has, um, how you have gotten from there last year being single mm -hmm. to here, you know, because you talked about, you know, what type of woman it would take mm. to be, you know, your uh -oh. wife and oh. come alongside you. So we want you to, you know, dwell, dwell to, to me, well. To me, women are the most courageous people in the black, the urban black community in America. Um, while men have gone off to war yes. at certain phases of being a black community in the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Women have stayed home and held down our households. Yes. When we got to a place that we were going to march for freedom during the days of Jim Crow and mm -hmm. we shall overcome, 
women um, walked beside the men and made that happen when we entered into the war on drugs um, in the 80s. And those same black men that went away to war came back with addictions and the addiction or the crime that came along with that lifestyle caused mass incarceration. Women raised the children. Um, I think it's somewhat understated just how... Uh, being black in urban America, um, auntie and mommy and all of those, like I come from a group of young black men who we all shared Mm -hmm. our mothers. Mm -hmm. 25, 26 years ago now when my mother was called home, Mm -hmm. I watched God's promise of being a a mother to the motherless manifested through the women that were in my life. You know what I mean? People who would step in and step up. Mm. Um, And when I talk about my mother specifically, um, I'm clear that my my intellect, my um, the way that I articulate and all those things comes from my dad. My mm-hmm. mom was a really simple woman, mm-hmm. but in that simplicity, she had a grind in her yes. that was just unyielding. My mother had a heart attack on her job Jesus. and um, mm-hmm. and and transitioned. Um, my, I, I remember my mother being such a hard worker mm-hmm. that one time when we were kids, we thought it was funny, but it wasn't funny. Um, when I think back on it now, mm-hmm. my mother worked from 6 a.m. to 2.30, and it was around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And you know 6 a.m. in the morning and 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. in the evening. I mean, 6 p.m. looks exactly alike during that time of mm-hmm. year. My mom had gotten off around 2.30. She woke up, and it was after 6 o'clock, but oh. it was 6 p.m. She was frantic mm-hmm. thinking that she had missed the alarm and was going to be late for mm-hmm. work. And I have a different level of appreciation when I tell that story mm-hmm. now because... I was not the child that knew we was poor. Right. We lived in, listen, I come from low income Baltimore. I lived in the projects. Okay. The real, not, not the poor neighborhood, the <laughs> housing project, okay. elevators housing. that smelled like urine, <laughs> you know, high rise buildings that wasn't nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think about how her goal in life was mm-hmm. to not allow us to know that we were poor, to not be defeated mm-hmm. by my father's addiction mm-hmm. and the things that caused us to, because my parents were married mm-hmm. till the day my mother passed away. They never divorced. Okay. Um, but when she left, she was not going to be crippled in her ability to be a good mother and to provide for us mm-hmm. because my dad was not there because he was mm-hmm. in addiction, because he was in and out of prison. Mm-hmm. Because that's the kind of thing that I think goes so overlooked right. when we really consider who the black woman is um, to black people. And then again, to go back to my grandmother, right. um, who just transitioned in April of this year, I had the pleasure of taking her into my home the last three years of her life after my grandfather transitioned and really hanging, going from hanging out with her to caring for her every need as sickness Mm -hmm. came in um, and began to um, transition her to be with the Lord. And when I look back over my life and I really think about who my grandmother is, because I don't do the was thing, my my ancestors are with me. I, I'm Christian and African. I don't throw away our spiritualism because, you know, some white man said do it this way. Um, but when I think about who my grandmother is, um, her legacy, her influence in my life, like Paul talked about um, Timothy's mother and his grandmother um, being such a great influence and preparing him before yes. he ever got to the yes. mentor. Yes. That was Timothy. Yes. They laid the foundation, yes. and that's really... 
um, who I am as a worker, as a hard worker, as a parent and all that's my, it's my mother, who I am as a man of God and who I am as a man about community. And that's my grandmother. Right. Um, and again, it's not to vilify men right. because I understand that this stage of my life, that everything from the abuser that he became to the absent father was driven by my daddy's addiction. My daddy is saved now. He's in church with me every Sunday. He loves the Lord and he loves supporting his son because God is a healer. But in that space where he was distant and where he was absent, it was those women um, that made sure that this black man always had a chance and opportunity, even in the face of my own um, stupidity. Right. You know, right. yeah. They so never stopped loving you. They never stopped loving, never stopped believing in never me. I mean, it was sometimes, exactly. I remember the very last time that I got convicted and had to actually go to prison. I was about 23 years old. Oh. And I remember looking over my shoulder and I remember seeing my mother and my grandmother and my grandfather because mm -hmm. the three of them were in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. And when I looked over my shoulder and I saw them, um, it was like, man, why are you here? Right. Because the first time I was ever convicted as a crime of a crime as um, an adult, I was only 15. Mm. And I went to jail for five years. They charged me as an adult. They charged me as an adult. I went to jail for five years. My family believed in me, stood by me. I came out. Um, I came out by way of a program that said if I was willing to go in the military, they would give me a second chance. Went in the military, made them ultimately proud, came back home, started selling dope, and went back to mm. prison. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking over my shoulder at those three people who believed in me mm. um, enough for me to rebound. And then here I am falling off and putting them through that again. Right. You know, And it broke something in me between you know, looking at my, my mother and my mm -hmm. grandmother and realizing that this time I'm a father. Mm -hmm. I have some real life responsibilities right. that I shouldn't be in this situation right. again. You know, I prayed to God. Um, it was like, God, if you give me a second chance this time, I'm going to change it all. Mm -hmm. And guess where I lived when I came home from prison while I was trying to find a job mm -hmm. and trying to do those things? I lived right in my grandmother's house. Mm -hmm. When I finally got a job after losing my mom, um, and I became a single father because I got custody of my children. Where did my children go while I went to work? Grandma. To my grandmother's house. I never had a child of mine in, in a daycare yes, center. Like yes, yes. It, It's that village concept that really um, had its foundation in those two amazing and phenomenal women that I cannot pay homage to enough. Mm -hmm. And probably my care for my grandmother mm became a public thing around maybe six or seven, mm -hmm. the last six or seven years. But she still lived on her own with my grandfather when he passes, when she came into my house. And there are people all the time who say, you know, what a great mm -hmm. um, job I did with her. Man, I was paying a bill <laughs> that I really could. She couldn't live long enough for me to pay right. all of that bill, right. you know, because right. the truth is I would have never had the space and time to, become successful in yeah. my career mm -hmm. to grow mm -hmm. or any of that if I didn't have the security and stability that they provided me Absolutely. and the fact that I was a single father raising my children alone. Mm -hmm. And even with that, my aunt, who is my mother's only sister, who lives with me now and mm -hmm. I care for her, um, you know, my children with school. I never had to take a day off to go to the school. Mm -hmm. I would go to the school for mm -hmm. planned assemblies and things like that where I could maneuver my schedule to be off appropriately right. mm -hmm. but in the spaces where there was something sudden or something like that my aunt wouldn't volunteer at the school that my children were at so that there would be a presence right in the school awesome. and literally became another surrogate mother to oh, my children that's, awesome. that's beautiful the black woman mm -hmm. um is so 
underrated. Mm-hmm. And again, even thinking mm-hmm. about teachers, mm-hmm. I had a teacher in the school. I went to Lexington Terrace Elementary School. That's where you went when you lived yes. in Lexington Terrace it's- Projects. Oh. <laughs> LT. That's the real right? hood. <laughs> That's the real That's hood. The real hood. <laughs> right? Um, we had a teacher there named Miss Harris. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day, Miss Harris was known for having that trust of the parents um, and that foundational love from her students mm-hmm. that she could treat you like she was auntie. Yes. And I remember one Those day the best I called myself bucking on Miss Harris. Miss Harris threw me up against that wall yes, and let right, me know Harris. I'm That's a right. woman, wow. but you still a fifth grade little boy. Boy. Right? Mm-hmm. And when I called myself telling my mother, my mother and Miss Harris banged <laughs> up on me because, again, these were people that were trusted in the community. Right, right, right. Trusted in yes. the community to really have, because um, they knew uh, mm-hmm. that they weren't going to hurt you. They were going to love you. Right, right. And right. you needed that kind of tough did, love. And when I think about now, some of the things I see as a father who mm-hmm. has had children in Baltimore public mm-hmm. schools and how parents are mm-hmm. towards teachers mm-hmm. um, in response to their children acting a fool. Right. It's I can't believe it. Like, my mother, unsettling. I was going to get a couple of mm-hmm. beatings. Wow. I, I was grew up in school like school. that. Well, I went to private school where they spanked you. And I told my mother, I was like, you don't have to spank me because my teacher already <laughs> spanked And she said, what? She mm-hmm. didn't know. That. Right. But they definitely took a ruler oh, and yeah. tapped them hands yeah. or legs, you know. But school. Yeah, it's abuse. Don't do it now. Yeah. So it was about those trusted figures mm-hmm. and even um, being known so much for uh, what they call, I hate this word, activism. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I, I don't hate the word so much as what, who it represents. Right. Um, now, uh, but. I tell, I'm a part of a huge men's movement. Mm-hmm. They actually having a community mm-hmm. event today, mm-hmm. um, but I told them I had to be here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, guys. We we put a thousand men in the Martin Luther King parade a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. two, three hundred men walking into communities trying to help. And the truth is, when we walk through, you see the black woman and she steps up and she's crying. Mm-hmm. She's crying because she has prayed for, mm-hmm. dreamed of, and held the community down mm-hmm. while men were trying to get past all of our differences mm-hmm. and all of that sort of right. thing to get in place mm-hmm. to be able to have a positive impact. So, you know, Michael Eric Dyson wrote a book called Why mm-hmm. I Love Black Women. Mm-hmm. And it literally chronicles. And this, because I don't want to take credit mm-hmm. to say that I just thought of and chose to do this work. Mm-hmm. No, that book helped me really connect the dots right. on what black womanhood has meant in the life of this black mm-hmm. man. Yeah. It makes a difference. You know, you told a story as well when you were in church and everyone knows you get the Marvin can preach. He can teach, sing, play all kinds of instruments, everything. Gifted. Gifted. Just gifted. Right. Just cra- That's why he probably did so much because you just didn't know what to do with it. But you were there and Bishop Saunders. Oh, man. Just spoke a word. That I mean, and I and I appreciate seasoned women. You know, uh, another guest talked about Mother Neil. You know, mm-hmm. who just I mean, where are these women that have the time and the heart mm, to definitely encourage and treat these people like boy? 
you're my son too. So get over here right. <laughs> and eat this chicken after I lay you out. You know, but share about Bishop Saunders. What did so she do? So we had our. I'm. I'm. And I wear this proudly. My my spiritual mom was the first pastor mm -hmm. Bishop Saunders ever laid hands on, affirmed, and took mm -hmm. under her wing. And I'm the very last mm -hmm. that she ever did that for. But we were in church and we had convocation every year in November, first week of November. Um, and this particular day while she was preaching, something broke in my spirit. Um, and one of the things that while I'm sitting here so proudly mm. articulating mm -hmm. how great black women are, mm -hmm. I was an abuser of black women, mm -hmm. not physically. I've never put my hands on a woman, but emotionally, manipulatively, uh, sexually, I was not uh, in a space where I, the value mm -hmm. that I articulate now right. for the black woman was in my regular practice. Right. Now, that's a whole nother story of how we got there. But with Bishop Sanders, one day something just broke in me. Mm -hmm. And I went to the altar right in the middle of a mm -hmm. preaching. And it was almost as though she could absorb mm -hmm. what my pain point mm -hmm. was. And she came down, abandoned the message. She put her hand on me. And Bishop had this thing literally where it was almost as though mm -hmm. when she did that, there would be a transfer. Right. When she literally mm -hmm. could unlock and mm -hmm. enter into that space in you um, to really understand. And she put her hand on my head and she, cause God knows I would chase anybody, any man that looked like he would be a mentor. And I got let down so many right. times, either because somebody died mm -hmm. or because there really wasn't an interest in mm -hmm. mentoring me. I've even been in spaces where there have been men that my gifts either made them jealous or intimidated them. Right, right. And here I am, I'm here, I'm available. I want to be mentored and 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 dropped. And Bishop laid a hand on me and she said, all the men in here right. ought to be ashamed of themselves because you have young men like this and he's so gifted, you so either impressed or intimidated by his gifts that you won't come and affirm right. him. And until the men raise up and affirm him, he's going to continue to try to justify his manhood with his mm, sex life. Right, right. And yeah. it, it really broke, and even understanding mm -hmm. where that was and what that meant mm -hmm. emotionally, a lot of my physical relationships, yeah. if mm -hmm. I was somewhere and the world made me feel mm -hmm. inadequate, mm -hmm. nothing made me feel better than being on top of a woman. Right. It made me right. feel strong. It like made me feel right. like a man. And, mm -hmm. the, you know, no matter what area I would go into um, and feel that, in that and, and it helped me mm -hmm. because, first of all, it was in love. I did not feel embarrassed. Right. I did not feel called out. That was a move of God. And she had this saying. She said, um, you'll only be as sick as your secrets. And that day, my secret was out. It was no longer a secret. People could pray for me. Freedom. I, could, I had a sense of freedom. And in that free place, I could literally do the necessary work to change that dynamic mm -hmm. in my life. That's and awesome. that was something that was really, really, really needed. Right. You and know what I mean? Woman to do oh, my, it did, my because God. there were times oh, when I went to men, mm. and you could literally see where I'm saying, bro, I'm broken, I'm not right, I'm she not doing right, and you'll see in their eyes where they get to the point that they're trying to live vicariously through what I'm saying. Jesus. You feel what I'm saying? Jesus. You know what I mean? They wish it was they them. they probably didn't know how right. to even deal Oh man, with I, that you know because there are broken men out here. Yeah. 
right. they're so guarded. They don't have that freedom. You know, that's right. another, that's right. a good topic. We got to come back right. to that one day. Because sometimes mm. you can be looking for healing, mm -hmm. but we can't receive healing from a broken person. Mm -hmm. Well, healing requires intimacy. Mm -hmm. And men struggle with intimacy. When you look at Jesus they don't, they don't. Um, and the story of the woman at the well, he had mm -hmm. a must needs go through Samaria. I mean, and that was her day. Mm -hmm. She was going to get free that day. Mm -hmm. Whatever her plight was, and I know they didn't try to make her haul it. Mm -hmm. They made a, a loose woman because she had, that is not the essence of that story. First of all, when you read that story, you got to understand mm -hmm. that John is telling the story. And when you read John, you read it through a lens of love because that's how he views salvation. So Jesus loved her enough to break off from his crew. Y'all forgive my hood vernacular. This is how the word is, sounds to me. God had to break up. Jesus broke off from his crew right. to go specifically to the well at that time to meet this woman mm -hmm. who I had been. And, and we tell the story she had five husbands right. and the one she was shacking up with. No. Right. Tell the story this way. There were five men that she trusted in the institution of wow. marriage. Even after the first four, she still trusted a fifth one, and they were devout men mm. who couldn't keep her. My God, Jesus. They Tell it that way her. now. So <laughs> she finds herself in bed with a man who don't even think enough mm. of her to go get the water. My mm. Lord, Jesus. I'm Tell talking manhood here. You won't even get up. Mm -hmm. And go get the water for me, but I'm supposed to have some respect for men. Mm -hmm. The thing that made their dialogue, the dialogue between her and Jesus, go back and forth so much is because Jesus showed up looking like her problem. Mm -hmm. He was a man. Right. In the form of a man, and her issues she with wanted to know what he was going to draw water with, like you. Yeah, she, 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 she made it political. Mm -hmm. She, y'all say this and she we say that. She, she made it religious. Mm -hmm. She made it traditional. She did all of that, and Jesus standing there unbothered, like sis, yes. right? The but the rich, she, mm -hmm. the woman with the issue of blood, they need to call her the woman with the medical condition. Mm -hmm. The woman that had the real issues was that woman that had those issues. With men, so much so when her deliverance showed up in the form of a man, she couldn't, mm -hmm. recognize, she couldn't recognize the deliverance because it looked like her issue, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What Jesus needed to do was crack through all of that yes. because it really required yes. intimacy. Yes. And when he got to the point that he broke through, she made a profound statement. She said, come and meet a man that told me everything about me. Guess what she said right in that moment? The six men that she was with before never took time to get to know her. Mm. Wow. They married her, one laid up with her, but they never took. Wow. She was ecstatic, that's, that's not about healing, man. not about deliverance, not about being wow. free. But there was a man that actually took time to get past all of the stuff I threw at him to get to know me. Mm -hmm. Intimacy. Mm -hmm. Healing requires intimacy. And until men can be vulnerable in safe spaces so that that intimacy that we need, in that moment, mm -hmm. I could be vulnerable. Right. Bishop brought me to a place of vulnerability. When you're in there and people become aware that you mm -hmm. have these struggles and tell you stuff like you got a lust demon, right. you're making me feel worse about myself. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. right. You know absolutely. what I mean? They didn't know that the whole, my, my introduction to human sexuality mm -hmm. was by molestation from right. a woman who was supposed to care for me. Mm -hmm. 
I got introduced to human sexuality at 11 years old by a woman who was 30 something years old who was a babysitter and was supposed. And this is literally how you were getting molested at that time. You just thought you were doing the man, right? Right, not I didn't know nothing was wrong until it all came out. And when it all came out, I still, I was in the generation and age, we didn't get no therapy. I didn't. Therapy for the next few years led me to having six children by six different women. Right. Because my therapy was still trying to seek out like a crackhead, trying to find that she first feeling. She was used to something and so early. And Inappropriate. The in other introduction area. I had was finding my grandfather porn collection. Wow. <laughs> no rites of passage. No healthy right. passage from Discussion. childhood into yeah, adulthood. Uh, introduction and mm-hmm. sit down and then get in the church and the church tell me I got a demon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if that's what you're going to do, I'm going to stay quiet. I ain't mm-hmm. going to really seek healing. Right. Especially you're telling me I'm possessed. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. That day, that woman of God laid hands on me and she made it okay mm-hmm. to that I had a need. Right. And she brought it to brought me into a space of intimacy where God could come in and he could do what only he could do. Exactly. We were just talking about it. People not coming to see Marvin. They not here for they are here. We need people need to get to Jesus. Yes. Right, yes. right, right, right. Yes, right. yes. Right. Listen, right. Marvin, this is getting this so is good, good, honey. This is good. Listen, we gotta do this. So we're gonna end right here because I don't want to go past, but we wanna have a part two, if that's all right with you. Because we want to dive more into the healing part, yes. right? Yes. And how have women? Because you're you're dating now, you you're off the market now. So somewhere along this journey, you definitely have started that healing process. So listen, guys, tune in. Don't forget to like, follow, and share on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify. You want to definitely follow this. Also, if you want to email, unplug for me at gmail.com. Love you, sugar plums. Tune in. Part two is coming back. Thank you for viewing and listening to Unplugged Church Edition. Remember to subscribe to both Spotify and YouTube. Don't forget, like, follow, and share on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you again for listening to Unplugged Church Edition as we continue to have soulful conversations.